Hello, 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 everybody. Melissa and Meg here today for another episode of the Hello Storyteller podcast. Hi, Meg. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Thank God you didn't call me Meg or Megan again. I'm I know. I'm only going to make that mistake <laughs> once. That's it. Just the one time. <laughs> Unless okay. you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, right. So people call me no. when I'm in trouble. It sounded weird when it came out of my mouth. So... <laughs> It's not going to happen again. I think we're fine. I think we're okay. Oh, good. <laughs> All right, my friends. So today, today we are taking a business, a business spin on the podcast. Um, we are heading into busy season. I guess sort of it's felt like busy season since June, if I'm being completely honest for me um, and my business as a wedding photographer and as a, as a family photographer as well. It's just, this, this year is just crazy pants, but let me give you a rundown of what we're going to talk about today. Cause if you are someone who maybe was thinking like, I've got some time and I take on some clients this fall, or I really want to sort of like get some more clients on my calendar, or you're just sort of thinking about maybe tiptoeing into the business space. We've got some, some good info for you today to sort of talk about how to do that. So we're going to talk about finding clients. We're going to talk about marketing, um, both all the things in marketing, social media, word of mouth, mailing lists, local connections. We're going to talk about how early you should market for sessions and how frequently you should market for sessions and how to streamline your booking process. And we're going to talk specifically about a program that I use called Sprout Studio and how I really used it differently this year to really make my, my client experience and booking process as streamlined as possible. Cause look, I don't have time to be sending back and forth a zillion emails. So nope. let's hop in here and chat and let's give you a little bit of background. So as I mentioned before, I am a full-time photographer. That is what I do. Uh, I would say that my business is probably 50, 50 right now, 50, 50 with wedding photography. And then the other half is primarily families and newborn clients. I do, I do, have some um, like business and branding clients, but that's sort of how my, my business is split. I've been in business full time for since 25th. Nope. Since 20, <laughs> <where are we? laughs> I don't know. 2021? Uh, 2018. I've been in business full time since 2018. It was part time prior to that. So that's just a little bit about me and my business. Uh, my, and I, my business has grown every year since then, just something I'm really proud of. And I think as women, sometimes it's hard for us to sort of be like, Hey, I'm actually really good at this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have a successful business, but I do have a very successful business in addition to my work, obviously with Hello Storyteller. So that's a little bit about me background wise. And now Meg is going to share a little bit about her sort of background of photography because she's sort of come into it from a different perspective in a different way. And I feel like this will be a good, <laughs> the two of us in our different perspectives on client work, I think will be really helpful for people that might be maybe on the fence or sort of thinking about it. So Meg, why don't you share with us a little bit about sort of your photography background? My background. Well, uh, I mean, I started uh, out taking clients when I first began years and years ago. It's been like over 10 years now. But I was also a full-time private investigator at the time. So, you know, learning was a long-term process. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, at that time, did not have my heart in client work and that sort of business. And I just continue to learn, uh, I hate saying this term, but shooting my own children, <laughs> um, yeah. shooting my kids, uh, on the daily, basically, you know, doing a 365 project. And that's 
really where I learned the chunk of photography within those two years. And then uh, I love community and bringing people together and, you know, helping people share their voice and their talent. And I just love giving people a place to speak or share or whatever. So uh, building community was a big thing for me uh, over the last few years, um, just creating different hubs on Instagram and um, just really being active in different groups and communicating and having fun and getting to know different people from, you know, different places in the world and sharing our stories together and really kind of going through the ranks. Like, I feel like we went through like photography school together. That's kind of what I call like our class. You know what I, I mean? Know, does I it know, feel that way true. to you, Mel? Like it our, does. Our yeah, class, I think I it does. Whatever year it was. <laughs> so yeah, I think, you know, Megan and I met, I think it was the fall of 2016 and we sort of became each other's, you know, we called it a power partner. And that's when we both sort of embarked on a 365 project. It's also where we started our, our first Instagram hub, which was called the Sweet Life Unscripted. Oh my gosh. I so forgot about that. Right? Oh my ah. gosh. <laughs> and our whole focus with creating that, that space was to create a community where, where, you know, regular photographers, like we considered ourselves to be, you know, people that were not well-known or widely known on Instagram could be featured and shared. And Hello Storyteller grew from, from that. Meg and I had talked way back in the, the very beginning, once we started the hub, we had talked about creating um, a photography community, a photography, you know, sort of space to really meet the needs that, that we felt like we couldn't find in other communities. And so that's sort of where Hello Storyteller was born, born from. And it's interesting because, you know, we've, we've pulled our community, you know, multiple times over the years. And the, I would say the majority of the people that are a part of the Hello Storyteller community are our photographers that are, that take on clients in our own business. Um, and we have, a, you know, we have a healthy section of people that are hobbyists as well, or, or just sort of getting into photography too. But we, you know, I would say at least 50%, if not more than that of our community are, are photographers in business. And so we just felt like today would be a good, a good time to sort of just touch on some of the business related things, because, you know, anytime that you decide this isn't photography specific, but anytime that you decide to take something that you love and turn it into a business, or to try to make money from it, it changes the whole dynamic of your relationship yes. with that hobby. Now for me, and again, this is why I'm excited to sort of have this conversation today because I think Meg and I have two different feelings and do different perspectives on it. And so I think it'll be helpful to hear from both of us. I was really excited about the prospect of starting a business, terrified because I had, I had just left my full-time job in higher ed and was like, okay, I have to you know create this business literally from nothing and try to make it work over the next couple of years so that I don't have to go back to work in higher ed. And so that was my focus. And I very quickly realized that I, well, A, knew nothing about business and then B, <laughs> just really, actually really enjoyed working with clients. And it's sort of how I got into wedding work too. Uh, initially, if you had asked me back in, you know, 2018, um, or 2017, if I was going to take on weddings, I'd be like, mm, hard pass. That seems like a miserable <laughs> way to do your business. Like, cause every wedding photographer that I knew, you know, shot like 40 or 50 weddings a year. And I'm like that, I don't want to do that. Ooh. I've got kids. I've got a family. Like, I don't want to spend every one of my weekends shooting weddings. Mm -mm. And I was just like, that seems like a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. I'm not sure I want to, you know, be doing that. And then a couple of a handful of weddings sort of 
came to me and I was like, well, you know, I'll, I'll just try these and see what I think. And <laughs> I think much to my surprise, I actually really enjoyed them. And so that's sort of how that, that came to be, but I tried, what? I tried, I know we shot a wedding together. It was so much fun. It, it was, was fun, fun for, for the first three hours. <laughs> I don't shoot 10 hour weddings anymore. So there's that. I did make, I did drag Meg across the country and then made her shoot a 10 hour wedding with me. Oh my but God. This... And humidity friends oh and humidity. Goodness. It was yes. not. It she was didn't not have a very friendly. good time, but the outcome was wonderful. <laughs> it was. <laughs> the pictures were beautiful and we, and she still loved me afterwards. So it was fine. I did. Maybe not that night. I probably wanted to kill you that night. Not that night and not the next day either, but you did, you did, you're like, this was, it was fine. (laughs) So let's talk first about finding your clients. And now I'm going to speak at this from a couple of different perspectives, and we're going to try to cram a lot into, you know, into this podcast today. So just know that we're not going to get super duper into, into detail here, but we're going to sort of touch on these topics and we'll probably come back to them in future episodes, but let's talk about finding your clients. I think when you first are starting out in business, there is this feeling of like, I need to say yes to everything. I need to say yes to every (laughs) single session. And we talked about this actually in our podcast with Jessica Byram two weeks ago about feeling like, you know, sure. Yeah. Okay. Pet photography. Yeah. I'll do it. Like family (laughs) session. Great. Newborn's great. Seniors. Great. You know, your sister's uncle's brother's bar mitzvah. Yeah. I'm there. And I, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that. But I think you have to, because I think it's important to try different things and figure out what you like and what you don't like. I realized after doing a couple of senior sessions that I have zero interest. That's like just not, it's not, that's not bring me joy. So, <laughs> you know, when I get those inquiries, I, I refer them out. Same, I used to do um, sort of like formal posed newborn sessions. That's how I started my newborn photography. I did that for a couple of years and then realized that just my heart wasn't in that anymore. And I sort of made the full transition to lifestyle photography, including for newborns. And so if I get inquiries for formal newborn pose, newborns, I refer those out to people because there's no point in me spending my time and energy in a session or with clients that don't bring me you know, a sense of happiness and fulfillment and joy. Yeah. So how do you figure out who your clients are? Well, I think some of that happens through trial and error, but the other piece of it is sort of figuring out like, what kind of people do you want to work with? You know, what, what would the ideal, you know, what would the ideal sort of family session be like for you or the ideal newborn session? What would it look like? What would it feel like? And then, and then you figure out who those people are right? And you figure out where to find them. It's so funny because I could sit here and give you an exact profile of about 95% of the, my wedding couples that come to me, where, how, what, what fields of work they're in, where they live, what they do for hobbies. Like I almost sort of chuckle to myself now when I get onto a, an inquiry call with a couple. And when I ask them, Oh, tell me about yourselves, how you got together, how long you've been together, what do you do for work? How do you like to spend your time? And it's just like, I'm like, yep, check, 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 check. And it's great because you know, the people that fall into those sort of demographics are the people that I really love to work with. So I don't have these, you know, horrible bridezilla awful, you know, experiences because A, I'm selective of who I work with and B, I know what kind of people I like to work with. And the same goes with families too, if you're looking to do, you know, client work and family work. And so you have to figure out like, who do you want to work with and where are those people, where can you find them? And that's really important because if you're consistently working with people that you don't enjoy working with, then you're not going to enjoy the experience of being a business. And that's not to say that 
you know, of course, occasionally every once in a while you end up with an experience where you're like, well, that sort of came out of left field. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I thought this was going to be like when we showed up. And, but part of that is, is creating clear, clear expectations for your clients of what to expect from you and your business. And I talk a lot about client experience on my website because I want my clients to know what they're going to get if they choose to book with me. And so it's real important to me that they can get that from my website. And I reinforce that in my communication with them, because if they are looking for someone who is going to do perfectly posed portraits, I am not your girl. Like that's not me. That's not what I do. That's not what I want to do. Not to say that I won't get a picture of all you, of all of you looking at the camera. I will, but my sessions are based in play in connection and an activity. So if, that's not what you want. That's fine. I have plenty of people to refer you out to that do beautiful portrait work. That's not me. And so I think it's a two way street. It's knowing what you want and what kind of clients you want to work with. And it's also communicating to those clients what to expect when they work with you, because the client experience really supersedes anything else. It supersedes your cost. It supersedes, you know, the physical products you get to them. Like, Think about great customer service experiences you have had and how you feel about going back to that place or how you feel about referring people to those places. You feel good about it. You would be willing to invest your money there. Maybe if it's even a little bit above your price range because you had a good experience. And so if you can create clear expectations for your clients, if you can create a good client experience from start to finish, then then that's going to help you be able to find the clients that you want. And so I would say, you know, figure out where your clients are. And for me, I know, right. My clients do a lot of the work for me now at this point, I would say probably 90% of my, of my, of my sessions are referrals from, from current clients. But I started out by partnering with local organizations. I partnered with a local sort of like mom's organization. I did many sessions for them. I got to know people and I just sort of put myself out there. If there was an opportunity that was exciting for me, I would just throw my name out there or, you know, I'd, I'd pop into the local coffee shop and say, Hey, can I leave a business card here? Or, you know, if, if you need, you know, if, if anyone's looking for a, talk, for a photographer, feel free to drop my name. And I know we're sort of segueing into, into sort of marketing at this point, but here's the thing. You, you know, most of us as photographers are, are one, one, person shows. (laughs) Like we don't have a marketing department. We don't have an HR department. We don't like, we're just, we're everything. We're all the things. And so if you are not comfortable in marketing yourself and talking about what you do, then who's going to do it for you? So once you have sort of figured out who your clients are and the type of people you want to work with, then start reaching out to those places, reach out to those businesses, reach out to those people, make sure your family and friends know what you do. You know, Referring someone or sharing someone's business is completely free and your friends and your family should hopefully support you in that endeavor and be willing to, sh- to share, pass your information along. And so I think there's a lot of different ways that you can market. Um, social media obviously is a big one. Word of mouth is huge. At a certain point, you want your clients to do the work for you. 
<laughs> which is always great for me when I get an email, which is most of the times these days when I get an email from a client like, oh, so-and-so referred me to you, or I saw that you did so-and-so's pictures. And it's like, perfect, great. Then I'm probably going to like you. <laughs> you know, if you have a client base of, of some kind, even if it's small, putting together an email list and making sure that you're communicating with your current clients about sessions that you have coming up, about projects that you're doing, about whatever it is that you're, you know, emailing those people out. And then again, those local connections too. We talked about this. I don't remember what episode it was. We talked about sort of business in the time of COVID, I think earlier this year. And, you know, one of the things that I did was I went, I reached out to all the businesses in my area and I said, Hey, you know what? Like we're all sort of sitting around here <laughs> waiting for life to come back. Do you need product shots done? Do you need headshots done? Did you update your space? And a lot of people were like, no, we're good. But I'll tell you what, a lot of those people ended up reaching back out to me when their sister was getting married or when they needed family sessions because my name was at the top of their mind. And so the thing with marketing is that you have to be consistent. It's just like how you would approach your social media. You have to be consistent. You can't just post once on Facebook or post once on Instagram and think it's going to reach all of your people. There's no possible way. We know that. Think about how much you miss in a day's time if you're not on Instagram all day long, right? The feeds get buried. The pictures get buried. The reels get buried. You have to post consistently and you have to give people enough lead time to be able to make a decision about if and when and how they want to work with you. So for example, I have many sessions happening on October 2nd. I run many sessions twice a year, starting next year, it's going to be once a year. And I let people know in June that I was going to only be able to have one date for many sessions and that they were going to go, they were going to be live in August. And that's how it went. And so I reminded my emailing list in July and in August, I opened them up and they were sold out in, you know, in a matter of a day. And so the lead time is important, right? People have lives, they have plans, they have school practices, they have athletic things going on. Like we can't just open up sessions. At least I can't, maybe some photographers can. I'm not at that point yet where I can be like, Oh, I have an opening next week. Do you someone want to grab it? Like that just doesn't work for me in my business. <laughs> That'd be great if it was, if right? anytime I, I posted a session, you know, it was like, I'm like, Oh, I'm free. Does anyone want to pick this up? Like that just doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. Not yet. Not yet. Not but. yet. <laughs> We're getting, we're getting closer, but you, so you have to be persistent and you have to be consistent in terms of making sure that people are aware of what you're offering and you need to have all the details. So like back in August or June, whenever it was that I talked about my mini sessions in October, I didn't know specifically where I was going to hold them, but I knew about where it was going to be. So I'm very clear. It was like, okay, they're going to be on this day. These are the time blocks. This is the cost. This is how many images you get. And it will be within 20 minutes of this town. So people know, okay, am I willing to pay that cost? I know what I'm getting. I know where it's going to be held. I know what the date is. I also know what the rain date is. And I was very clear. If you can't make both of these dates, don't sign up because I literally don't have any other time in the month. So if we get rained out on this day and it moves, you have to be able to be available on this date. And I put all that information out there and let people know up front. So there was no question about what they were getting. There was no question about the time, date, location. And it was very clear. And so if you are someone that has sessions that are coming up or that you'd like to open up some sessions, maybe like Meg, you've found yourself with some more time on your hands because your children have gone to school. <laughs> 
And you're like, <laughs> maybe, I'm like, hmm. maybe I can wrap my head around opening up maybe some sessions. Maybe it's time. See, that's what I said earlier. It wasn't the time then because I was right. just learning. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. But now, now I kind of know what the hell I'm doing. So, <laughs> and the kids are in my face 24-7. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking I might have some more time to put it in my brain. Right, because you have to be in the headspace too to yeah. to want to do it and to want to take it on. You know, I, it's funny because I had a couple people, a couple clients in sessions recently say, "Oh, are you going to be offering holiday mini sessions again?" Which I'd never done before. I did last year primarily because you know the year was very slow in terms of business, and so I was like, "Well, this would be a good little bump at the end of the year." And then I was like, I don't think people are going to be interested in it. So I sort of put out a feeler and then I got like 20 people that responded. And now I'm like, damn it. <laughs> now I got to commit. <laughs> do I want to do this? But I still have to make the decision. Like, do I really want to do this? Do I want to do this at the beginning of December and spend time? I don't know. I don't know yet if I do. I might, I might just do a limited number and be like, I'm only going to open up eight spots and that's it. And like, you get what you get. So I don't know. I haven't decided yet, but you have to know what I'm doing. I'm just like, I have a limited number of spots. Who wants them? Nobody. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) But it's one of those things where, you know, even still now, like I probably rely, I rely less on like Facebook groups and stuff at this point um, in my business. But when I was still trying to sort of garner, uh, you know, or sort of reach out to people that maybe I wasn't already connected with, then I would sort of check in with those local, you know, sort of, you know, town groups or mom groups or whatever, and and say, you know, hey, I'm going to share this information here, you know, about what I have going on and, you know, and just sort of spreading the word. And again, sharing with family and friends like, hey, I, you know, I'm only offering up a couple, a handful of sessions. They're this time, you know, they're in this place or this cost and, you know, and sort of when they're gone, they're gone. And it's one of those things too, where, you know, we, we joke or you see on Instagram, right? People joking about like, oh, you know, in, you know, influencers, you know, I've gotten a lot of questions about this and that. And when you know that they have not, you know, they've gotten like two questions. Right. But it is sort of about creating, creating that incentive, like creating that idea of demand. And some of it, a little bit of it, to be honest, is, is faking it till you make it. Like at this point, I know my mini sessions will sell out. That's a definite. But before I knew that, I'd be like, these are going to go fast. <laughs> you better snatch them up. Because I knew that most of them would. But, you know, it wasn't a definite that they would sell out. Now I know that they will. So I'm like, listen, if you want one, you better be on top of it. Because when this email comes out, like they're going to be gone within a couple of hours. And so it's okay to sort of create that demand, right? So if Meg's like, listen, I don't normally open up for client sessions, but I've decided that I have some time this fall, but this is, I'm offering a limited number of sessions. I'm offering five spots or three spots or two spots or whatever it is you want to offer. <laughs> and not many, you know, they're on this day and this time. And you just continue to put that information out there, right? You post it to your Facebook every day. You post it to your Instagram, right? You, you share it out in other groups. You, you know, you email past clients. I mean, your past clients are the ones that are are likely to potentially rebook with you if they had a really good experience the first time. So even if you've been out of the, the, the client game for a little while, it's still worth emailing those people back and saying like, hey, you know, I'm opening up to thoughts this fall, wanted to reach out to you guys first as returning clients um, before I open them up to the public. And so, you know, if you want to grab one, grab one. And there is that sense of like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm sort of being treated 
a little bit more specially because I was a client before, right? That's sort of the deal that my clients get is, listen, if you were a client of mine before, if you're on my mailing list and you get 24 hour, you know, pre-access to these, these specific events, mini sessions being one of them, I, I didn't even, I wasn't even able to open them up to the public. All of my returning clients grab them, which is better for me anyway. <laughs> I'd rather work with returning clients for many sessions. Oh yeah. But it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's so important to keep track of, of who you've worked with in the past or just put the information out there and say like, I'm building a mailing list because I'm going to be offering up sessions. And, you know, I think Meg, you have a little bit more flexibility in, in California because, you know, your fall starts a little bit later. So it's warmer, a little bit longer for you. Um, it's still hotter than balls here, man. <laughs> I know, but like, so like you have like all of October and probably like like all of November. Waiting. And maybe even early December. So, you know, it's, we're only two weeks into September. So you have a lot of, you know, lead time in terms of marketing to sort of say like, Hey, I'm holding sessions at, you know, whatever the end of October, beginning of November. And it gives you, you know, a month lead time to be able to get that information out there. I had to start doing that. Already started now. I put the word out. (laughs) Yes. I had to start in, in like June and July because like we talked about last week on, on the podcast, I got like six weeks before it's too cold and dark too early to be outside. (laughs) So, you know, I got to fit people in before, you know, and then of course there's those brave people that are like, well, we'll do a session in the winter. And I'm like, sure, let's do it. (laughs) But I know the bulk of my clients, you know, want to be in September and October. And so I have to make sure that I have my marketing plan in place to get that information out there. I was thinking about mini sessions back in like March because I knew with my wedding schedule, with my other, you know, other sessions that I knew I had newborns and things that I knew were coming. I had a, you know, a small window of opportunity and I didn't want to offer more than one day. So I was like, we're just going to do this one day. Now I have like 17 sessions on that one day, which is maybe (laughs) crazy to do, but it's fine. It's going to be fine. It's no problem. I say now I'll send wine. (laughs) Yeah. So, so that's, you know, that's what I would say. So when it comes to social media, you know, you got to do all the things in social media. And I know it's annoying. And I say that as someone who struggles greatly with the social media, I just, sorry, I just, I know. I just can't keep consistent over there. You just have to think of it as a job. Like it's not just, Oh, I'm on social media. You're not playing. You're working. Like Mm -hmm. when, you know, when I'm talking to my family and I'm on Instagram, I'm working. I'm not just like playing right. around, like looking at pictures. I mean, I'm looking at pictures, but I'm looking at pictures. I feel like I, I, feel like I really look at pictures these days. <laughs> you know? I'm like commenting or responding to people's DMs or stuff. And I think my, my husband's like, he's like, you're always on Instagram. I'm like, I'm talking to people on Instagram. It's basically a messaging app for me at this point. I'm like, I feel like I'm game fool. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's yeah. how it works when you can't, when you're, you know, clientele is all over the place. I mean, th- this is but our yeah. art gallery, right? We are working in our gallery. It's just uh-huh. virtually in our home, in our pajamas, which is fabulous. Yeah, you it's know. lovely. Yeah. But, you know, utilize your posts, utilize your stories, utilize your reels and, and repurpose that, that content. Here's the thing. Yes, yes, Instagram yes. is sort of that. disposable in that way, right? Where if you aren't... Like if you are not on actively on Instagram, when someone posts something, right, you're going to see a story for 24 hours. You're going to see, you know, you can always go search somebody's reels, I suppose. But like, 
if you're not engaging with the people that you want to see content from, as we've talked about before, then you're not going to see their content. And we know that it's got a shelf life of about 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if you're not you, a super fan and you're not actively always engaging in, in someone's content, then poof, it's gone. Right. So you don't have to worry about, you know, sort of overloading your audience because, you know, aside from like, you know, your mom or your sister, like that are on your page all the day, all every day. Like, I mean, I don't, I, Meg and I follow each other and I still don't see her stuff in my feed. No, I feel like seriously. sometimes I have to like search her to, out. So yeah, she could post the same thing every day and I'd have no freaking clue because I just don't see it all the time. So well, that's the thing. I finally realized that too, that people aren't always watching. They're watching sometimes and right. they're supportive, but it's like, there's stuff that they miss. There's stuff that I miss. So mm-hmm. I have, especially now that we're transitioning into, you know, we're in those in-between seasons of uh, summer and fall that I can't shoot. We talked about this last week. I can't shoot fall right now. So I'm repurposing right. my old fall content from like, two years ago, because mm-hmm. I didn't shoot fall last year because I was moving. Right. And, uh, you know, so, and I don't have, I don't, I don't feel like shooting right now. Like I keep saying I have shooting on my to-do list, like every day. Ask me if I've done it in like two weeks. Nope. Nope. I haven't. <laughs> Thanks, <you. I'll> <laughs> well, I mean, I have, but not my own family. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's just, I just haven't found the motivation because again, we're in that in-between phase. So, I am re-editing old fall content or images with my new preset, Hello Aqua, because it's fun and I can. <laughs> so well, that's and what also, I'm doing. But it also, I mean, here's the thing too. And to, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bridge these two thoughts with this piece of talking about like repurposing content and what you share on social media back to clients. <laughs> Show the work that you want to get hired for. Yes. So like there's times that I do sessions that, you know, maybe like a one-off session here or there that I really don't, I'm not marketing for, I don't want, you know, to get a lot of increase for So I don't share that on my social media. You know, there's times in like newborn sessions that, you know, the mom wants, you know, to do, you know, a different type of look at the end. Like they really got, they got this cute little knit outfit or something, which isn't my aesthetic, but it's their session. And if they, if they want those pictures, I'm happy to do them, but I'm not going to share them because I don't want to confuse my audience and be like, oh, wait, well, I thought she did lifestyle, but like, why is that baby sort of posed? Like I still use some of my newborn posing skills in my lifestyle sessions in certain situations, but I don't share those images, right? I share the images for the sessions that I want to book. So like a Meg situation, right? She's looking to start to, to have a couple of sessions where she wants to book for the fall. It's still hotter than Hades in, in California right now, <laughs> but she wants to start sharing content on her feed that gets people thinking about fall because she wants them to be thinking six weeks from now, like, Oh, did I, have I booked a fall session? Do I want to book a fall session? Oh, that looks really great. Like, where is that? That looks beautiful. So you can start resharing images. Cause here's the thing. No, unless someone's like really trying to get a deep dive into who you are, no one is scrolling back through the last year to get to last no. October's <laughs> images. Oh, you already Nobody cares that. that much. And if they do, <laughs> oh, well, like, so you can oh. go ahead and reshare images from last fall, even if you've already shared them again to be like, Hey, we're looking ahead to this time, you know? And so that's, those are all things that are really good to do. And here's the other thing. 
when it comes to marketing, right? So you want to share the sessions, the types of sessions you want to book. You want to share the types of, of clients that you want to work with. And on average, people need to see pieces of information three to five times before it sinks into their brain. Okay. And they can actually like remember what they saw. So if you're sharing a post one day, you're sharing a story the next day, you're sharing a reel the next day, and then you do that again the next week, it's yeah. already going to take you a week and a half to get, if someone is consistently watching your feed, which we know is not the case, for that information to get there. So once you've taken the time to create the content, repurpose it, reshare it, reuse it. And as people start engaging with those posts and those stories and those reels, they'll begin to be seen by other people. So don't feel like you have to recreate the wheel every single time. Like I go into Canva and I, we talked about Canva before in another episode. I create stories in there. I create updates about my schedule and, and what I have available. So it's there. I just go back in, I update it, I change it, I tweak it, and I can just repost it. It makes it super easy. It might be, you know, an hour or two worth of work in the beginning to get those things set up, but they're just saved there. So and I can it, yeah. go back in and just reshare them and reuse them. And so you have to think about, you know, think about any other, you know, big company, like, like, a I don't know, like a Target or a Nike, like how many emails do you get from those companies? If you're subscribed to their, you know, their email lists, how much, <laughs> like how many, you know, how many times do you see the Target bullseye? How many times have you seen the Nike swoosh? Like they're recognizable by those things. Right. And now obviously will any of us individually get to the level where we're recognized that way? Probably not. But I also want oh, to get to the on, point. Hell, don't sell a short. Well, I'm not selling a short. I'm just saying I don't think I'm I don't think I'm competing with Nike. So no. like, but I do want, I want to be showing up consistently in front of the people that I want to see me. And so in order to do that, I need to be reutilizing content. I need to be sharing the things that I want to get booked for. And I need to be using hashtags that are applicable to the types of communities and people I want to serve. So I don't use any hashtags right now for any hubs on Instagram. I use local hashtags. I use my town. I use my cities. I use my states. I use the types of sessions, right? So like for me, if I'm posting, you know, a, a wedding post, it's, you know, Massachusetts photographer, Boston wedding photographer, Massachusetts wedding photographer, it's New England wedding photographer. Like you have to think about, about Instagram hashtags as a Google search engine. If you are someone that is looking for something, what keywords are you going to pop into Google to try to find? Use those as hashtags. So if you're trying to reach your local community, then don't just tag photographer where it's got, you know, 27 million posts to it. You're, you're never going to be seen there. But if I post my town, right, there's a thousand hashtags, you know, images on that hashtag. A good chunk of them are mine. <laughs> so if somebody searches that hashtag, I'm going to pop up. So you have to be strategic about what you're using and who you're trying to reach. And you have to, you do have to spend some time and think about it. But once you have, you know, take yourself up for a cup of coffee one day and just put together a marketing plan and you don't have to be a marketing, you don't have to have a marketing background. You don't have to have a marketing degree. I, I would not consider myself to be a marketing guru by any stretch of the imagination, but I have figured out what works for me in my business. And so if you just sit down and think, okay, if I was looking for a photographer, if I was looking for a hairdresser, if I was looking for whatever it is, whatever business you have, because this is applicable to other businesses outside of just photography. But if you were looking for that and you didn't know where to start, 
what would you be searching? Who would you be talking to? Who would you be asking? And you need to get yourself connected to in front of or near those businesses, those hashtags, those people, and use, use it to your advantage and repurpose content, as you said before, share and show what it is you want to be booked for and share and show the types of clients that you really enjoy working with. Listen, I don't care if you had a client, last time you had a client was five years ago. If you had a great experience with that client, reach out to them and say, hey, would you mind sort of just writing up a testimonial really quickly about what your experience was with me? And here's the thing, give them questions to answer. When I ask my clients for reviews, I don't just say like, hey, could you leave me a review? That's way too open-ended. I want to know specifically what was their experience like with me during the session? What was their experience like during the booking process? How did they feel about the images they got? And why would they recommend me to somebody else? Those are the questions that I pose to them to have them answer in their review, because those things are going to speak to the pain points of your clients. And when you are talking about marketing, you want to make sure that you are addressing the questions and the concerns that your clients have. And so there's a lot of ways that you can do that. You can do that on your FAQ page and your, and your website. I talk about it in the client experience aspects of my website. I talk about it in the reviews that I share, right? So whether it's concerns about weather, or it's concerns about travel time, it's concerns about crazy wild children. I answer all those questions for my clients. I address them all. I know what their concerns are and I want to make sure that I am touching on all those concerns so they can feel good about working with me. So those are all things that you should be thinking about and figuring out in this, in this morning or afternoon that you take yourself out for a cup of coffee. I'm going to recap for you. Who are my clients? Who do I want to work with? What kind of sessions do I want to do? Where are the places that I can find these clients? Where are the places I can find these people? Where are my opportunities to get connected? Here in my town, you know, or, or in, in neighboring towns and cities. And what is my marketing plan? When do I want to have these sessions? And then you need to back up your marketing plan four to five weeks to start. And there has to be consistency every single week leading up to those sessions until they're booked out. So those, I would say, are sort of the main points that you want to think about if you are someone that is looking to take on clients or to sort of maybe take on more clients or to, to step up your business to any level. That's sort of the back end work. Hello, friends. Melissa Ortendahl here. So today we're talking about all things business on the podcast. And if you are listening and someone who is wanting to start a business, streamline your business or grow your business, I know how incredibly overwhelming it can be, but you don't have to figure it out alone. I am offering three one-on-one -on -one mentoring spots for the month of October to help you start this entrepreneurial journey on the right foot. I run a full-time six-figure wedding and family photography business. I'm the vice president of Hello Storyteller, in addition to being a mom of three boys, a wife, and all of the regular day-to-day -day stuff. Having solid workflows, business practices, and creating a top-tier client experience is what has helped my business continue to grow over the last five years. It has also helped me to be able to actually have a life and spend time with my family. My one-on-one -on -one mentoring sessions are completely customized to the questions that you have and the areas that you need help in. From finding and marketing to clients, setting up and using a CRM, to posing and session workflows, to pricing, I'm here to help you figure it all out. 
The one-on-one sessions are 90 minutes and can happen either in person if you happen to be local to me or via Zoom in our $300 investment. Let me help you on this journey. Click the link in the show notes for more information. Have you tried preset after preset, but still can't find the bold, colorful punch you're looking for? Do you want to create images of impact? Do you want to learn to use Lightroom and Photoshop to take your edits to the next level? Come and join us in the live run of Watch Us Edit Volume 3. Learn alongside Megan Boggs, Holly Awad, Lindsay Shedd, and Alyssa Ahern as they teach you how to create the edits that you have been looking for. The live run begins October 4th and includes intro PDFs from all the instructors and 20, yes, 20 editing and behind the scenes videos. You will also get access to a private group to be able to ask the mentors all of your questions and be able to download additional live videos from them. And all of this for $79. Pre-register now to grab your spot. Link can be found in the show notes or at hellostoryteller.com. Then we have to talk about now about the client experience and how to streamline your booking process. So I am going to talk specifically about Sprout Studio because that is my CRM. That's my client relations management software. I love them. I think they are incredible. There's tons out there. So there's a lot of options out there for you, but I'm going to talk specifically about Sprout and how I use it because I did something different this year That was a little bit scary in terms of letting go of some control (laughs) for me, Um, (laughs) but has really made my process easier. And actually, I've gotten really good feedback on it from clients. So in the beginning, like everybody else, when I started my business, you know, five, six years ago, everything was piecemeal, right? So like I had a Gmail email account address. I was, you know, I was taking, you know, payments through PayPal. I was doing contracts through HelloSign. I was, you know, I was delivering galleries on CDs, like, you know, because I'm old. So, you know, (laughs) there was just, it was, it was all these different things, which worked when I had a very small client base. But then as that client base began to grow, I was like, this is a lot to manage. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't find all the pieces that are not all connected. I needed there to be some connectivity between all these things. So I was looking for, you know, for a, a CRM that would do all of the things, which is, it's hard to find, to be honest with you. And when I joined Sprout, they didn't have all the things. But primarily, I was looking for a place where I could do contracts and payments and send out galleries all in the same place. That was my my biggest concern. I need those three things to be handled in one spot. Now, Sprout has grown over the years, and they have added on all kinds of capabilities. And so I'm just very happy that I have worked with them for as long as I have. It's been about five years at this point. So prior to last year, though, the only way to book a session with me was to email me because, you know, my schedule is sort of, you know, especially in this last year, uh, my schedule is sort of all over the place. So I felt like I really needed to talk one on one with people to to sort of figure out the best time. But that that involves a lot of back and forth. Right. Like they inquire about the session. I email them back. Here's some of my availability. They email me back. Well, what about this day, this time? I, there's like four or five emails that get exchanged in, in those processes. Now, I've had well over 100 sessions so far this year. So you're talking. What, like upwards of. I don't know what that math is, like five, like 500 emails. 
<laughs> you know, over the course of the year, if I have, you know, a hundred clients and there's five emails per client, like just, just in the booking process alone, that's a lot. I don't have time for that. So one of the things I did was back in, I don't know when it was that I decided to do this. I think at the end of the spring, I was like, well, I sort of know at this point what my schedule is. I know my weddings are, I know my kids are in school. So I'm going to look at my schedule and I'm going to just pick days and I'm going to, cause Sprout has a scheduling software in it now. And so I was able to put in, Hey, I'm available these days. The sessions are from this time to this time, because I only shoot in the afternoon at golden hour, unless it's a, for an outdoor session, I should say. So I could very easily look at my calendar and the sunset times and be like, okay, these sessions are going to start this time. They're going to go for this long. And so people have been able to just go to a link. They can see my calendar for, you know, September, October, whatever it was, whatever months it was. I keep, I, you know, I updated it over the summer and they could just pick a date. And it already told them the time of the session. So that, that cut out so much work for me and they would submit it you know, they'd have to request it. I'd have to go in, double check my calendar, make sure I was still available on that day, which for the most part I was. And then I could just tell them like, yep, session's been confirmed. Thank you so much. But in that whole process, you guys, they went to a link, they saw my availability. They knew exactly what time their session was going to start and what time it was going to end. They were able to fill out their information. They paid their booking and their session fee and they filled out a questionnaire and I didn't have to do any of it. And that my friends is a beautiful thing. <laughs> uh... Anything that does not require work is wonderful. Yes. Or less work anyway. Yeah. And so some of the feedback I've gotten from clients this year, even returning clients is, well, this is so easy. It makes it so simple. I know exactly when you're free. I know exactly what time my session begins. And I was able to do everything in the whole process on the client side. The whole process takes them probably five minutes. And oh, perfect. that's good because we're busy people. Right. And I'll be honest, email's not my strong point. Ugh, I hate, I just like hate, I, I hate email. I have finally told people, I'm like, email's not my strong suit. I do not communicate well here. Can we find a different form, please? Right. I hate it. So I, so I know for myself that email is a challenge for me. So if I can automate these processes as much as possible, A, it leaves me more time to do other things like shoot and edit Mm -hmm. B, it makes the client experience very streamlined, very communicative, because I can set up all these things in advance, right? As soon as they book, they get an automated email that says, thank you so much for booking. I'll be in touch with you in the next 24 to 48 hours to confirm your booking. Like, again, this stuff takes front end work, but the amount of time that it takes, like whatever, a couple of hours it takes me to get these things set up in advance. So is worth the, you know, 15, 20 hours I get back not having to, to manage all these different pieces. And I do that also with my wedding clients. So I have, you know, if I require a phone call with all my wedding clients, because if we're going to spend eight to 10 hours together on a wedding day, we need to make sure we like each other. So that's important to me. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to all of them. I don't want to go back and forth a zillion times about when they're free. So I have a second, a different calendar through Sprout because I have two different brands in Sprout, my family brand and my wedding yeah. brand. And they can go right on, see when I'm free, see when I'm available to take a phone call. They book it. It comes on my calendar. It sends them an email. It says, great, talk to you then. And that's it. We're done. So easy peasy. 
Easy peasy lemon squeezy, as my kids would say. (laughs) But it goes back to that client experience, right? I I mean, think about websites you've been on where you're like, screw this. (laughs) I'm going to find it somewhere else, right? Because you couldn't find the information you were looking for. You couldn't get your questions answered fast enough. There wasn't a good response time. Like, those are all things that you want to you know, to make sure that you're not, that you alleviate for your clients during the process. If they can't figure out, you know, when I'm available, if they can't book easily, if the process isn't clear, maybe they'll call, maybe they'll email, or maybe they'll go on and find somebody else. So, right. They're going to go on to something else. So I just like to try to make the process as easy as possible for my clients, but also honestly for me, because I have a lot of moving parts. I have a lot of things going on, you know, on top of, of my, I'm like, I'm looking at my September calendar. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I have 18 sessions this month. Oh, my friend. And busy woman. Two weddings involved in that. And then at the very end of September, I go into October where I have 17 sessions in one day. I don't have time to email all those people. (laughs) I really don't. Thank you. So like my mini sessions are set up. I have an automated email that will go out to them a week before the session. That's like, here, here's where we're meeting. This is the reminder of your time of your session. All the mini session information they need about like where to show up and how to get there and all those things. It'll take me 20 minutes to get it set up in, in the front end. And then it's automated to go out to them in the back end. And I don't have to touch it after that. So I think if you're someone who is really interested in, in jumping in and moving into business, I have said it before. I will continue to say else until I'll shut up from the rooftops. I spend far more time (laughs) on the business side of my business than I do actually shooting clients. (laughs) And so it goes back to what we said at the beginning, like anytime that you are making the decision to turn something from a hobby into Mm -hmm. something that you get paid for, you have to be okay with becoming a business owner and, and managing those, those aspects of it. Now, if you're someone that's like, listen, I'm only going to offer five sessions a year, then maybe you don't need all this CRM stuff. Maybe it'll just make your life easier to just do it, you know, piecemeal. And that's fine too. There's no, there's no right or wrong way to run your business. It just has to be what works for you in terms of your communication. But I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that if you do not have a clear process for your clients to be able to inquire, book and receive their images, you will lose clients. That's 100% true. So whatever your process is, like my, so my friend East Coast Meg, we've talked about her before. (laughs) She is busier than I am. She takes on far more sessions than I do. And she still runs everything by a paper calendar. And I've tried for years to get her to move. I'm like, come on, I will like, I'll come over. We'll set it up. It'll be fine. And she's like, no, this works for me. But she's on top of her. She's on top of her shit. So like, I could look at her and that it, her process can give me anxiety, but if it works for her, then <laughs> yeah, that's right. fine. So it just has to work for you, but you have to have a good, I cannot stress this enough. Your client experience needs to be your top priority. Listen, art is subjective. Okay. I'm just going to be honest. I think that I'm a really good photographer. I feel like I take really good pictures. I feel like I give my clients good images, great images, even from their sessions but art is subjective. So how good of a photographer I am 
may or may not actually be the piece that clinches me being a successful business. It might be the, you know, and it probably is the experience they have while they are working with me. I provide a kick-ass client experience. I just do because it has, (laughs) is important to me that when my family show up, they are calm, they are happy, they are not stressed. They are, you know, like they have a good time. They have a good experience. And over and over and over again, I hear that was so much fun. That was so easy. Like I was a little worried, but you made me feel so comfortable. Like my kids keep asking when we can go back to her. Like uh-uh. that piece right there is what keeps my business being successful. If I, I mean, if I was like a totally shitty photographer, then that obviously would have an impact. But if I'm decent at what I do photography wise, and I have a, 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 a plus level client experience, that's going to make the difference. So I just can't, I cannot impress that enough that if you think your work and your work alone is going to keep a business running, if you are horrible at communication and you don't get back to people and your gallery delivery times are months and months long, I would caution you to think differently. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, business is something that I'm, as you probably have noticed from this episode today, I'm super passionate about, and I really, really enjoy being able to help people, you know, when they're starting their businesses, when they're trying to grow their businesses, when they're trying to sort of level up their businesses. And so, yeah, so we're going to, we're going to continue to come back to these business related topics on the podcast here. Um, And I'll just, I'll just do a little plug for myself. And if you are listening to this and you're like, wow, I could really use some help in streamlining processes or figuring out. I offer one-on-one mentoring for those things. So you can feel free to, there's going to be a link in that in the show notes. There'll also be, um, I'll be honest, an affiliate link for Sprout. Obviously I'm not being paid to promote Sprout, but I do have an affiliate link with them. And so that'll be in the show notes as well. There's a free, like it's a, I think it's a free three-week trial to try out Sprout. There, just the system is amazing and it has really, really helped streamline my business and takes so many things off my plate. So if you are someone who's like, wow, I'm up to my eyeballs and emails and galleries and all this stuff, like give it a try. I really think it will make a difference for you. And if you are, you know, if you're out there in the grind right now, like just, you know, one foot in front of the other, my friends, you will get there, <laughs> you know, and, and I'll just end with this, that I actually talked about this in my stories the other day that, I, like I said, I've been full-time in business since 2018. It is now 2021, almost 2022. And it has been a slow climb in terms of uh, amount of sessions, in terms of my income and my revenue. So don't let somebody else's seemingly their sprint to this place of success deter you from your path if it feels like it's longer or harder or slower. The important thing is that you just keep going. So yeah, so hang in there. You're doing great. You're going to be amazing. It's all going to be yeah, wonderful. Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with that again as always feel free to drop us any questions that you have you can email us um you can you know respond to drop comments in the post on this podcast episode on instagram you can you know message us over at the hello storyteller instagram and if you haven't already i don't know what you're waiting for come join our hello storyteller community over on facebook you'll be blown away there's so so many over there so good so with that we wish you Adieu and have a wonderful week. So long. Farewell. Farewell. I'll be to say goodbye.
<laughs> I'm not even gonna try it no. today. Bye, friends. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>